0: My name is Jalen, and you're listening to the Trademark Productions 301 The Redirect Podcast.
1: 301 The Redirect.
0: So on today's podcast, we have two of our developers, Josh and Scott.
2: Howdy. Hey.
0: And today we're going to be talking about ADA compliance on the web. So to start off, I have a couple of questions for you guys just to let our listeners know what ADA actually is. So if any of you can answer, what is ADA?
2: So ADA is uh, the American Disability Act, and it's a civil rights law that prohibits discrimination against individuals with disabilities in all areas of public life. This includes jobs, schools, transportation, and all public and private places that are open to the general public. Uh, It's the reason we have things like handicapped parking spaces, service counter height requirements, and wheelchair ramp mandates and building codes. Okay.
0: So you touched a little on like the handicapped spaces and the different things that it helps, but who does it benefit
1: Um, I mean, it benefits a lot of people. Um, uh, When we're talking about web, uh, the focus is on people with vision or hearing impairments because those are the two main aspects of the web that um, are the most obviously uh, not accessible Mm -hmm. just by themselves on the web.
0: So why is it important to make your website ADA
1: compliant? Well, um, for some websites, if you run, like, say, for instance, a a government website, it's a Mm -hmm. requirement. You want to make sure that you have it accessible to the entire public um, uh, that's actually um, built in. But even if you don't have one of those websites it's very important to make sure that you reach all people. Okay. Um, you want to make sure that you're reaching out to um, everybody and that includes people with disabilities um, and you know people of all different abilities. So um, you know if you have a website that uh, sells clothes, you know everybody's going to want to eat clothes.
0: right mm-hmm. yeah. So what does that mean for web development agencies like TM?
2: Well, for agencies like us who do development or professional copywriting, we have to follow the Web Content Accessibility Guidelines, WCAG for short. And at a top level, these guidelines make sure that web content is perceivable, operable, understandable, and robust. And we can go a little bit deeper into each one of those categories, giving some um, examples. Okay. So for perceivable content, um, all non-text content that is presented to users should have a text alternative that serves an equivalent purpose. Um, if you have video or audio, you should provide text transcripts or captions for the video content. Um, and your content should be distinguishable. So your use of color should be acceptable with, uh, you know, easy to, uh, view contrast levels. Uh, make sure your audio has or any auto playing audio can be paused. Um, and making sure that if you, like, zoom in to resize text, it doesn't break the whole website or remove any content.
1: Yeah, and you also want to make sure you get those all. Like, a very easy way to do that is just getting those alt images on, uh, alt tags on images. Um, And a lot of this stuff's built into, say, for instance, HTML5 video players and audio players um, have a lot of accessibility already baked in. So uh, if you start off with HTML5, you have a really good head start. Um, The second one on here is operable. Um, you want to make sure that your uh, website will function correctly. That means uh, it needs to be keyboard accessible. Um, You should be able to use the website with just the keyboard, for instance. Mm -hmm. Um, Using tooltips and info windows, uh, as an example, if they can appear on hover, um, they should also be uh, appearing uh, when they focus using the tab key, for instance. So uh, if you tab through a form, for instance, you're filling out a form, you hit the tab key, it should go um, and allow you to access... Those tooltips, just like you would be able to do with a mouse. Okay. Uh-oh. And
0: with that um, feature, would you be able to program the form to be tabbed, or would it like come from like a plugin that you install into your website?
1: That's a really good question. So out of the gate, by, by itself, HTML5 will automatically um index any inputs you have on there but there's also an attribute called the tab index attribute okay. where you can manually set that so if you need to say for instance interject something that's not an input mm-hmm. such as a tooltip you can interject it into the uh, tab index using a manual number like that and it'll put it right in there okay um, you also want to make sure too uh, when we're talking about operability um, that you have enough time so if we have uh, we don't want to make sure that there's time limited content you want to make sure that the users have enough time to read your content mm-hmm. um, so for instance if you have a banner uh, that's going back and forth you don't want to have it do every three seconds if you have a lot of text in that banner you want to be able to give people um, vulnerabilities the chance to actually read that content before it moves on okay. so um, making sure that you have an opportunity as well to pause that banner so that somebody can read that content um, you also want to make sure that your website's able to be navigated. That's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, focus order is very important. Like I said, we talked about earlier with forms. Um, when you press tab to navigate a page, it should logically go through that page. So when you start at the top of the page, you know you want your home button, for instance, to be the first thing. And then your navigation, probably after mm-hmm. that, you'd be able to tab through each one of those. And then, again, through each section going down. Okay. Um, so that's what we mean when we talk about focus order. Um, you should also be able to tell, uh, visually what you are actually focused on at all times. So when we tab through inputs, for instance, usually by default, they will like highlight, there'll be a little drop shadow perhaps, or an outline around that element. Mm-hmm. Um, and elements that don't have a box already around them will get a box around them. And that's built right into HTML5. If you were to do nothing, um, but put inputs on a, on a web page, uh, they would already have that built in. Okay. Um, also too hyperlinks, um, they should uh, be clear and uh, to the user by their anchor text. So the anch- well, we say, when I say anchor text, um, we mean the actual text that's used in between um, the HTML5 tags themselves. So um, using a title tag to further describe the purpose is also something you consider as well. So we want to make sure we're using descriptive words in the links and uh, title tags uh, if you need to further describe that purpose.
2: And the uh, third part is uh, making sure your content is understandable, and that includes being readable. So you want to make sure your website's language can be programmatically determined. So if you're, you know, writing uh, your web content in some made-up language, you want to make sure you include a language tag at the top of your document. So that way, they still know it's English instead of, uh, you know, maybe mistaking it for Japanese or something. Um and also, making sure that the language and the content can be programmatically determined and read by a screen reader. So, um, this, there's one exception, or there's a couple exceptions to this, and that includes like proper nouns, like names and stuff. Um, you know, making sure your content is predictable so your navigation behaves consistently, it doesn't like change page to page, and that you offer input assistance on like form if your form has errors when they try to submit those errors are described to the user in text and then the the last piece of the um, WCAG guidelines is making sure that your content is robust and that really just means that the code is good enough to be understood by screen readers
1: yeah a lot of the uh, issues we happen to run into um, sometimes are have to do with that last point too you know, screen readers uh, do have some basic requirements, um, and it's one of the basic standards that we kind of test against. Um, but having that code being good enough um, is definitely a challenge.
2: Yeah, and a lot of that comes from like third-party integrations, like you know, uh, scripts. You like a live chat script you put on the t- on your page, it will you know put that chat tab at the very bottom of the page, and it gets very hard to actually get there because you have to tab through the entire website in order to get to that tab. Um, another example is you know when developers position um, use absolute positioning on like a element that is actually towards the bottom of the document but they move it up to the top of the document visually because they have they're trying to just get their goal done you know they want to finish whatever they're working on but you know what that does is it puts an element that's right in front of the user at the top of the document that they can assume, they're going to assume that they can get there very easily by tabbing through the navigation or whatever. But really, they're going to have to go all the way down to the bottom of the page, and then it's going to take them back up to that that item that they moved up there. So, um, you know, really, you just got to keep these things in mind when you're working on a website.
0: Okay. And you mentioned absolute positioning, correct? Yeah. Okay. So, what is absolute positioning?
2: Uh, that's just when you move an element based on top, left, right, or bottom values. Okay. Around the document. So, if you're if you were just talking at a at the highest level, if you use absolute positioning on an element and you put you know top zero, it would move it all the way to the top of the website.
0: Okay. So, what are um, we talked about some of the guidelines, but what are some top features that you guys believe should be an ADA compliant website?
1: Um, I know Josh had some, uh, some that he believed is important. I have two of my own as well. Um, The first thing I think is really important when making a website, ADA compliant is considering the design. I think that's a really easy Mm -hmm. win to do. Um, You obviously don't want to have a lot of your colors blend together. You want to be having high contrast. Uh, You want to make sure that your text is large. Those are really easy things you can build into your design from the Mm -hmm. get-go. The second thing is also an easy thing. I think those are also very important is relying on HTML5. It has accessibility built in. And um, if you're using HTML5 already, you've got a great head start on most other pages. Um, A lot of that stuff, if you're using semantic elements that come with HTML5, such as your header, your footer, your main, your nav, Mm -hmm. um, all of those indicate to a screen reader or perhaps some other person that has a disability, um, the hierarchy of your page. It really helps not only on SEO, but it also helps for accessibility purposes.
0: Okay, so with the two different colors, or with making your colors not stand out as much, um, would you have two different websites or would you just tone down your colors?
1: Well, I mean, you would really want to make it an all-in-one solution. Um, you definitely don't want to have uh, one website for, um, you know, one group of people and another mm-hmm. website for another. Um, you'd want to make sure that it's accessible to everybody. So you'd want to include that color contrast right off the bat. You want to consider it at the design level before you even build that site. And if you have an existing site, um, you really want to look at that color contrast and consider whether or not to tone it back and maybe make it more contrasted. So it's easier to read and uh,
2: it really pops. Okay. And then uh, my two elements that I believe are important are making sure your tab control is predictable and the order makes sense since uh, keyboard users are going to solely rely on this. Um, And then also adding a skip to content solution right when the user first hits tab on a page. It should show a skip to content button allowing them to hit enter, and then it should jump all the way past the header, the navigation, the search bar, and all that other stuff at the top of the site, Mm -hmm. right to the main content of the page.
1: Yeah, those are really great points, too, because, you know, using a screen reader, that is all that they have is the keyboard to navigate with. True. So if you're out there and you're looking to make your uh, website a little bit more accessible, there's some really easy tools you can get uh, today to kind of evaluate your website and tell you where you can be, where you can find improvements. Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually use these in-house. I use um, these two, actually all three of these Um on a bunch of sites. Uh, the first one is the AXE, that's A-X-E, accessibility plugin. Um, I believe it's available for all of the major browsers. Um, it's a pretty robust tool, and it basically will anal- analyze your website, and it will uh, tell you all the areas where it believes that you can improve your accessibility. The um, way it works is kind of neat. It creates a second page, and you can Focus in on the elements, and uh, it's built right into the uh, dev tools. So um, that's nice if you're familiar with that. If you're not a technical person, um, I recommend maybe the WAVE evaluation tool. That's W A V E. And um, that's a, it doesn't use the dev tools. What it does, it'll open a separate iframe, which is just a fancy way of saying it puts a little sidebar on the side of your page. In a list, um, in a in order, the most important areas that may need improvement. Red, obviously, being big red flags that you want to fix. Yellow mm-hmm. are, well, you might want to fix these, but they're not as important. And then it'll also tell you all the things that you got right. And similar to the Axe plugin, it'll also allow you to um, highlight them. But you don't have to go into the Dev Tools for this. It's just right in your browser, and you can just run it on any page. Um, the other thing I like about the uh, Wave tool is you can turn off all the CSS. Um, which basically if you don't know what CSS does, that's what controls the way you look and feel of the website um, and the styles of your website. So you turn that off and all you're left with is your content, and you can really see what it looks like maybe to a screen reader or perhaps somebody who might be visually impaired. Um, so I find that really, really helpful to see, um, you know, the site with all the bell- without all the bells and whistles on it. Um, And last but not least, if you're in the, uh, if you do know where the dev tools are, or if you can navigate to web.dev, both of those tools um, will allow you to get access to what Google has developed, which is called Lighthouse. And that is a um, all-in-one performance and development tool that will allow you to analyze your website. And one of the tools, or sorry, one of the tests that it runs is an accessibility test. And that's baked in. So if you can go to web.dev and run a uh, you can do this right now. You can run it on your website, and it'll tell you a whole list of accessibility things that you can okay. you can start fixing today.
0: That's helpful. Yeah. So we'll list all of the tools that Scott mentioned in our post below. So what can individuals do today at their businesses to start making their website more ADA compliant?
2: What I would do is evaluate your website. You know, try using it with only your keyboard. Does it work? And uh, one step further would be closing your eyes and trying out the screen reader in your browser. It's a different experience, and it might let you know whether your website is hard to acce- or is not accessible. Um, the other thing you can do is if you find a bunch of problems, you can contact an agency like us that can make some changes to your site. Um, some of them might be simple solutions uh, that wouldn't take any time at all. So.
0: Yes, like Josh said, we do free consultations. So if you would need help in this area of making your website ADA compliant, you can contact us on our website and we'll be more than happy to help. So thank you, Josh and Scott, for tuning in today on our episode about ADA compliant websites. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk to you guys next week.